honey, and there was silence. Few seconds, maybe three seconds pass, and I say, Tracy? And she says, yes. And I said, can you come in here? And as she enters the door to my home office here, she starts to say, you know, that's the first time you've used my name in, I don't know how, and I cut her off and I said, I think there's a spider on me somewhere. Will you look all over my clothes and on my back and see if you see something? Okay, then she froze. Neither one of us likes spiders. And let me let me back up about um, a minute and a half. I'm working at my computer, and all of a sudden I see something kind of out of the corner of my eye, and it's. I thought it was flying, but maybe it wasn't flying, and I just kind of batted it away, and I, I figured it was a fly, but it was sluggish. It was, it wasn't really flying like a fly flies, and so. I keep working at the computer and then I notice something else that gets my attention and I look down on my left arm and there's this fat spider and I'm uh, kind of freaking out at that point. You know, you, the, the whole shake your arm as fast as you can shake it move and then I don't see it. it it's, it's not there. I, what's going on? And so I'm thinking, okay, well, this is kind of weird. We have this gigantic spider in the front planter right outside our front yard. And we look, okay, this is another side thing, but at, we, we looked online and my son-in-law said that he found one that looks just like it. It's called a St. Andrew's cross spider. And sure enough, it looks exactly the same. It's about, oh, two inches in diameter from, from toe to toe. And it's very weird. I've never seen a spider like this. And so we figured that's what it is. But then my daughter says, mm, no, it says that it's only in New South Wales. And we're in Los Angeles area. So I, I'm figuring that's definitely what it is. Maybe it came in in a, in a box or with some fruit. I, I have no idea. So we're already kind of freaking kind of, kind of spiders on the mind. So come back to last night when I bat this thing away for the second time and then I don't see it. So probably, oh, 20, 25 seconds later, I start to notice, okay, there's something the heck going on here. And I stand up and I look down at my left thigh and I see this sucker right on my pants again. And I just naturally bat it away. That's my reflex. And I'm not thinking, I'm just batting spiders away at this point. And then it's, it's not there still. And, and I'm going, okay, it should be on the carpet right there. We've got a nice light cream colored carpet. And if there were a spider the size that I saw, I would see it because it was black. And as I'm trying to twist around and look at my own backside, it's not working. So that's when I say, honey, because I never use her name. I, I, I never use her name. And I thought she was right in the next room. 
and I don't hear anything. So I call her by her name. That's when she comes in and I tell her what's going when I cut her off and what's going on. And she is about four feet away from me and she's not getting any closer. She hates spiders more than I do. And so we're both kind of concerned. She's she's trying to stay real calm. And she said, do you have a flashlight in here? And I calmly say, there's one on the dresser in the bedroom right in front of the mirror. She goes and she gets that. And I said, put it on bright, press the button one more time. She's looking all over the place. She can't find anything. She says, I'll, I'll vacuum tomorrow. When you undress, Take, a, take your clothes off in here and shake them out before you come into the bed. Don't be bringing anything into the bedroom. So I continue with my stuff on the computer and kind of calm down and just kind of start to chill. And then as I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, you know, maybe it was a fly. You know how when a fly is starting to slow down and it, it, it's not so healthy and it's going to die soon. They get kind of sluggish and, and they're kind of weird. They don't fly off. They just kind of, kind of hover and kind of, well, that's what this was doing. I'm convinced now it was a fly. I need, probably need to tell my wife that it was a fly, huh? I actually have a purpose in sharing this story and that is to illustrate how Generally, men and women act differently in emergency situations. Well, okay, a spider's not an emergency, but uh, it's more situations that are alarming. Okay, how's that? And spiders may or may not be alarming for some people, and it is for me. I don't like spiders. And what's happened is something that I've learned psychologically is showing up in my life in the last day. And here's another example of what's going on. Because what's going on is there's a hormone involved here. Men chill out. They are, are relaxed by the hormone testosterone. And it doesn't relax women in the same way. Testosterone doesn't do that for women. So yesterday, I'm at my office. This is another story now, okay? I'm at my office. It's coming up on 2 o'clock. I just finished with one client. My light is on, so I know that my next client is already there. And I keep my phone on silent when I'm in session when I when I'm seeing clients at the office so it doesn't obviously disrupt the the session and I just happened to have my phone in my hand it was two minutes after the hour so I was already two minutes late going out to greet this client and bring him in and I happened to look down at my phone and see a call coming in it's an 800 number I've been getting a lot of crazy, weird sales calls, and I usually just ignore them. Something told me, pick this up. I was like, okay, I'm already two minutes late, so I pick up the phone, and 
this woman identifies herself as calling from some alert company and I immediately recognize it as being the company that does my mom's alert necklace that she wears. So if she falls or if something's going on, all she has to do is press the button on this pendant and it alerts this company. Well, I'm the first person on the list because I live the closest to her. And the woman tells me that she got an alert message from my mom's pendant and there was no response when she tried to call. And so she said, emergency services have been deployed. And she said, can you go over and, and see what's going on? And I said, yes, I will call right now. And if I don't get a, a response, I, I will figure it out. I'll, I'll deal with this. So I hang up the phone. I immediately call my mom. It immediately goes to her answering machine. Yes, she's got an old-fashioned answering machine, and she doesn't even have a call waiting, but that's a whole different story. She's going to be 88 on Saturday. And so I think, oh, man, I've got this client. So I go out to the waiting room. I tell my client, I'm sorry, I have an emergency call that I just received. I'll just be a couple more minutes. He says, perfectly fine. That's go ahead, and he understands. So I go back into my office. I call my mom's neighbor who lives right across the street. I finally get her to answer and I tell her who I am and I tell her what's going on and can she go across the street and figure out what's going on. And so she says, my husband's in the hospital and I'm not at home. I'm here in the hospital with him. So I'm thinking, crap, okay, fine. I don't want to put any kind of pressure on her. And so she says that she will call another neighbor that lives over there and have him go over and check on my mom. I said, great, that's fantastic. Let me give you my, my uh, cell number so you can call me back and let me give you the, the lockbox combination that's on the side of the house right by the door with the key in it so that he can get in the house if he needs to. I hang up. I'm thinking I'm going to go back out and bring my client in. And I realize I can't sit here and do a session at this point. So I go out and I explain to him what's going on. He's very understanding. So he leaves. I leave right on his heels to go over to my mom's house and figure out what the heck is going on. She's had uh, two TIAs in the last Oh, a couple of years and so I'm thinking here we go again something's going on and you know I'm bothered but I'm also concerned and so I go out to my car I get over I, I start on my way I get about oh five minutes into the drive over there and I decide you know I'm gonna try her phone again so I call her phone she answers I said, are you okay? She says, yes. Turns out her emergency alert went off by itself, quote unquote, while she was in the shower. And she said, they tell me to wear this in the shower, but I'm not going to anymore. And she explains that 
while it went off, it obviously alerted the company and they called the paramedics and she gets out of the shower not wearing her hearing aids and she's quite hard of hearing without her aids. And she said, somebody is outside and she was talking to them through the window or so she thought. And she turns around and the paramedics are standing right there in her bedroom. I don't know if she was wearing any clothes. At this point, I don't even care. Okay, she's okay. I tell her, okay, just making sure you're okay. She says, yes. I said, I'm going to turn around and go back to my office. And I get back there and I realize now I'm all jittery. I'm all anxious. I was perfectly fine when all this was happening. So this leads me back into my story or my commentary about how men relax when they're flooded with testosterone. And there's two things men can do that releases testosterone into their system. One of them is the two examples I just gave having a spider on them all of a sudden, or having some concern that there's an emergency situation somewhere. That actually releases testosterone, and its effect is that it calms men down. Testosterone doesn't do that for women. There's another hormone that does that for women. It's called oxytocin. But oxytocin is not released in an emergency situation or the other thing that releases, or that releases testosterone for men is chilling out, just relaxing. And that doesn't release oxytocin for women either. What releases oxytocin in women is nurturing behavior. Whether that's nursing a baby, whether it's folding laundry for the family, whether it's preparing a meal, whether it's baking cookies, it, it, reading to a child, it doesn't matter. Any of these types of nurturing behaviors releases oxytocin in women and that calms them. So why am I sharing all of this about spiders and panic and hormones? It's because I just recently taught this to a couple that came in for a session and it has to do with how men and women get along or, or don't get along. In this case, the classic scenario is a couple gets home from a long day at work he plops down in a chair and starts looking at his phone or reading the newspaper or channel surfing. And she's in the kitchen making dinner and she's rushing around and she's getting more annoyed that he's not helping. And so he finally says, well, why don't you just relax? If you've been at work all day and you're tired, just relax already instead of any grumbles under his voice, instead of 
grumbling at me and being upset with me. And she shoots back, well, I would if you would get in here and help me with this meal and I would be able to relax. Well, this is what's going on. He's chilling out because that's releasing testosterone. And the testosterone helps him de-stress. Well, she's also de-stressing too, but her method, and she doesn't even realize this, it just happens. She's doing something, quote, nurturing by preparing dinner for the two of them. And she wants more nurturing, which would be him in the kitchen. He doesn't even have to be chopping vegetables for a salad. It's just to have him there talking with her, just that closeness, just that interaction is nurturing behavior for her so that that releases oxytocin. And that's what's going to de-stress her. Now, they get in this little tiff because he's saying, just relax, just chill. And she's saying, well, I would chill if I didn't have this job to perform because that's nurturing behavior for her. And what I described for this couple is that if they understand how these hormones work for each of them, they can then understand where the other one's coming from. He can tell her, you know what, hon? Give me 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. I'm gonna just chill. I'm going to de-stress, then I'll come in and I'll help you with the dinner and, and we'll talk about our day and everything will be groovy. She can understand then what he's doing and she can tell him, you know what, take your time to de-stress, I'm going to go take a shower or I'm going to go uh, fold laundry or I'm going to do whatever and then by the time that's done, you can come in and help me in the kitchen and just tell me about your day and I can tell you about mine. They can be cool because this understanding goes a long way in avoiding conflict with couples. Just go back and remember if there's a panic situation going on, she's more likely to panic because testosterone isn't going to calm her down. But he's more likely to be very calm and lift up the car off of the child so they can be dragged out. He's more likely to be calm and get the first aid kit and dress the wound. He's more likely to be calm as he gets the fire extinguisher and puts out that fire on the stove because testosterone does that to him. She's more likely to do what my wife does when she's stressed, and this is a big, uh, big coup for me. When my wife is stressed, I know it because all of a sudden she's pulling out pots and pans and mixers and sugar and she's making cookies. That's how I benefit when my wife is stressed. <laughs>